Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. And our topic today is networking. My guest, Donnie Bovine, says that traditional networking is broken, and I tend to agree with him. This isn't 1980, and we are making lifelong relationships, not just simple transactions. So at 40 years old, Donnie, Donnie Bovine, and by the way, it's B-O-I-V-I-N, but it's pronounced Bovine, discovered he had been living other people's dreams, spending over two decades mastering sales, but making other people wealthy while he was doing that. So when he was confident in his sales ability in his local brand, he jumped out on his own to chase his dream of building a business and inspiring others to go for their own business freedom. And he quickly learned that he had an employee mindset, not a business owner's, and ran his business straight into the ground. We've all done that, I think. So while struggling to find his footing and build his business, he began to discover himself and how he could help entrepreneurs operating with that same mindset. Donnie, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here. Donnie, can you hear me? Well, shoot. Hold on a second. Donnie, can you hear me at all? Well, we are having a bit of trouble. So, Donnie, would you do me a favor? It looks like you logged in using your, your computer. Can you call in using the number I gave you? I will go ahead and disconnect you because I can't hear you. I'm not sure you can hear me, but let's see if you can call in. So, in the meantime... Let's talk about what I think is fascinating. He's right. We're not just making transactions. And unfortunately, a lot of people still think that, you know, they can make that transaction, then they can make another one and, you know, grab somebody by the collar, make a sale, and then move on. These days, we want to know who you are, how you can help us, how we can help one another. Networking really has changed. And so many people, and I see this all the time, I've been guilty of it myself, we will just say, okay, you know, I need to, <laughs> we do this, especially if we're nerds like I am, I've got a spreadsheet, I've got to make this many sales, I have to sell this many widgets, I have to make these many calls, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, but where are you connecting with the people that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're connecting, that you're talking with, so let's see if we can get him back in. Donnie, can you hear me now? I can. Can you hear me? I I can. I was just chattering away and making up stuff as I went, but you're right. This isn't like <laughs> It sounded really good. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I, I warned you about this before. I just talk and somebody will say, oh, say that again. I don't know what I said. <laughs> I have no idea. Years of training, Denise, I had the same problem. I tell everybody all the time that the worst thing you can tell or ask somebody to do who's in front of a room training, teaching anything is to say, can you repeat that? I'm like, no, yeah. that just <laughs> came out right then and there. Of course I can't repeat that. Exactly. <laughs> it just flowed out, but I hope I was making sense. But it's good to have you, and I'm, 
I'm so glad that you were able to get logged in. So before we get started, and listen, I agree with you about networking. I'm one of those people, you are not going to see me in a traditional networking space. And by that, I mean, you know, you go to a room and you eat really bad little foods that are sitting around for hours. <laughs> people will, you know, grab you by the collar and tell you all about them. Uh, no, no. And to me, that's true. I haven't done it in a long time, so maybe it's changed, but it seems to me that we need to really connect, and that's what you're here to talk about. For sure. Yeah, I think, you know, networking as it's around the world today was created back in the 1980s, and it hasn't changed much since then. And even though the world moved way on beyond that style, and I think most networking was built around this idea of you went to things to sell people your crap. And, <laughs> you know, okay, we're uh, done. You just spelled out the whole podcast there. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I think you just finished. <laughs> you know, and – you know, in this day and age, if you go anywhere and try and coerce, convince, or sell your stuff to people, they're going to instantly turn off. And it is all about connection. It's all about getting to know somebody. And I just think a lot of people who teach sales networking in this day and age are transactional people. They really want to to get the transaction of the sale done. I've just never been that guy. I always want to think about lifetime value. How long can me and this person be friends? Do I want to have cocktails with them later in the future? And if you go into it with a mindset of how can I open doors for them, networking gets really, really, really simple really, really quick. It does. And while you were – I'm losing my voice a bit today, so pardon me if I sound raspy and I need to mute frequently. Um what you were when you were saying that all the word referral kept popping up popping up in my head like that little mind bubble we yep. want to find people that we are happy and proud to refer to possibly our clients that we can't really serve or somebody else that needs what you have we're not going to make a dime out of it but we're going to be happy making that referral or that recommendation and that's what networking to me is a big part of yeah, I agree, and I think there's there's one more really powerful thing, and it's an introduction. I mean, everybody is so – because they've been taught, you know, you go to networking to get referrals. And, yeah, that's absolute gold if you can get them. But there's a lot of power in getting to the right person that you can do collaboration with or you can open doors for or they can open more doors for you or maybe they have the client base that you need. I love introductions, and personally, I probably give a lot more introductions than I do referrals only because I usually can see how two people could be working together for the betterment of both of them. And I often find that if you can get two of the right people together, both of their worlds are going to explode in a good way, meaning that a lot more cool things are going to happen. But I think most people are so hung up on the idea that I have to give a referral. And if a referral for me, just as by definition, is, you know, hey, Sally, meet Bob. Sally's excited to talk to you, Bob, about your products and services. Uh, she's been looking for it for some time. So 
that conversation, the outcome, it's expected a sales call to happen, you know, for them to have a sales discussion. An introduction is, hey, Bob, go meet Sally. Think it'll be a phenomenal conversation. Talk specifically about X, you know, the reason you thought they two would be a good conversation. And if you get enough of the right people together, you're going to be blown away by the more clout your personal brand has in the marketplace, but more importantly, uh, you start becoming the person that can open doors for others, and, and that is a magical moment for a lot of people to actually get to. Okay, I'm scribbling this down. Introduction, not referrals. And actually, you just corrected my thinking, although I'm already doing, I guess I you know, kind of popped it out there without really thinking. But I do a lot of introduction, a lot between myself and my podcast guests and other podcast hosts, because I know who you should be going to and getting on their show. I know who they are. And Absolutely. I'm happy to make those introductions. I make them every day. But I always kind of thought of it as a referral, so I just thank you for that correction. I just put it down on, on my little card here, and I'm not going to make referrals anymore. I'm going to make introductions, which I was already doing. I was just incorrectly identifying what I was doing. <laughs> no, and, and it's common, and I think, you know, most people – they just struggle with the idea of, of networking, and I think part of the, the reason people struggle with networking is, you know, they're introverts, they're omniverts, you know, there's actually not a lot of people who are straight, outgoing, extroverted people that are attempting to do networking. I think you've got a lot more of your more private type people, so everything feels more like a sales maneuver to them because they're already stretching themselves so far out of their own comfort zone. And, you know, so when they make these introductions and everything else, it always feels like a lot of work. All I want them to do is to make the process a lot easier for people to do. I want to create an atmosphere where if Donnie says I should go meet with somebody – then that's a conversation I know I need to have because Donnie said it. You know, right. if Denise says that, that, that's the conversation I want people to have because I'm putting the right people together or because you're putting the right people together. And see, that makes perfect sense to me, and I was doing it unknowingly or unwittingly, mm -hmm. which sounds terrible. Right. Right. But it just seemed natural to me. Going into a room full of people with little paper things on their collars, I'm an introvert. I would rather be hit by a truck. I'm not doing it. Seriously, I'm not. I did it once. <laughs> I could. I couldn't get out of that room quickly enough. And the the people who brought me there were like, Denise, where you? Ah, she's gone. <laughs> I mean, I was gone. <laughs> so, I never tried it again. But it left a really. You know how you you have nightmares. That was a nightmare for me. It really was. <laughs> so, I bet. So I, I bet. Oh, and so I love what you're doing, and, and to some degree I do it as well. But let's talk about how you you know your worth and your network and how you match these people. Cause, and you talk about, you know, being a success champion. I really do want to delve into that. Oh, for sure. So um, we'll start with, with, with the success champion. You know, um, I created that whole brand and that company name uh, based off the movie Troy, 
and I was watching that movie starring Brad Pitt with my wife. In the beginning of that movie, you see, you know, two big armies come together, and the kings from both those armies meet in the middle of the field, and they said, hey, we can duke it out. Your army against my army. Lots of people die, and we can do that. Or you can pick your best. I can pick my best, and whoever wins determines, you know, who wins the whole war. So they decide that they're going to pick their best people and put them in the middle of the field. Well, Brad Pitt is, you know, the champion on one side, and this guy who looks like a WWE wrestler's, you know, the guy for the other side. Well, of course, being the movie and the story, Brad comes out in one move, kills the other guy, and the war's over, and the One Kingdom wins. And when I was watching that, I thought, wow, these two kings just picked their champion and bet their entire countries on the skill set of one guy. And I thought, man, that is so awesome. But how often in life do we choose ourselves to be our own champion? And so when I named the company Success Champion, that was the whole idea behind it, is you have to be the champion of your own success. You have to choose you to stand out front and put everything on the line. And if more people would embrace this concept that they have to be their own champion first, life gets a lot more simple because you're constantly putting yourselves in situations where you learn. You're constantly growing, and you're constantly moving forward in life. And that's the principle that I've made. Everything we've built, all the companies and everything that we've built is on that mindset of championing yourself first. You know, it's interesting that you should say that and, tell, and kind of recount that story because yesterday, you know, some, I don't know about you, I talk out loud to myself all the time. Well, that's the only way we have intelligent conversations. That's exactly right. And I'm the smartest person <laughs> in the room because I live alone. I can say that without <laughs> being a smart aleck. But yesterday, I don't know where it came from. I think it's been boiling around in my subconscious for a while. And I had a big old talk with myself about how I'm in charge. I'm in charge of my little real estate here. My real estate is my body. It's my thoughts. It's my heart. It's my house. It's everything. I'm in charge. It was liberating. It is. It is. And I I don't – I think because – most people, I mean, my story, I mean, I spent 20 years working for other people as a sales guy, as an employee of other companies. And in doing so, I was always working somebody else's game plan. And I was always doing, even though I didn't feel like it, I was always being told what to do. So I moved through life at somebody else's expectations and almost like somebody else owned me. And I, there's nothing wrong with working for other people. Let me clarify that. But what I found is when I launched my companies, now there was nobody left to tell me what to do, which also meant that I was now out of any excuse that I could possibly use because there's nobody left to blame when it's your company. It's all on you. And through that process and that realization, I realized that for the first time in life, I was living life on my terms versus somebody else's. And that's a massive mind shift for an individual to have and to take is now you're choosing your path. So success then becomes your fault. 
failure then becomes your fault. And I'm not saying you're at fault. I'm saying you have to take ownership and responsibility of where you are in life. And when you get to that place where you run out of excuses and you realize you're showing up how you see yourself, life gets a little bit simpler because the day you look in the mirror and actually like the person looking back at you, then happiness and success are found. But not until that point because we, we have constantly evolved as a species of always looking for somebody else telling us what to do. You have to evolve to an individual that says, this is what I'll be doing with my life. This is how I'll move forward. This is how I'll show up. And then, then you can find your success and happiness. I swear you heard me chatting to myself yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit uncanny, but it was time. Listen, I'm an entrepreneur. I have been an entrepreneur all my life. I'm a nerd in stilettos. I do things my own way. And honestly, you can't tell me what to do. I fight with my NAS system in my car. She'll tell me to go left, and my immediate out loud response is, you're not the boss of me, and I'll go where I get lost a lot. But it's interesting that when you do figure out who you are, what you bring to the table, how you want to show up, how you want to help other people, life does change. You change. Yeah, 100%. And the the more we evolve ourselves into who we were meant to be, then then really good things happen because we start thinking for ourselves. We start trying new things. We start figuring out what our mission and purpose in life is. And when you can then continue to champion yourself and champion that process, then you start creating that life that you always dreamed about. And it, and it comes down to you're finally truly betting on you. And what you'll find is, is truthfully, whether you're in sales, whether you're living life, people don't think about other people very, very, very often. Um, but we always think they are. And it's because as a species – They're not. Right? Trust me, they're not. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, and it all stems from as a species, we are very judgmental people. And so we from time to time will see somebody and go, oh, my God, I can't believe they wore that. Is that really how they're doing the hair? And because we're such so judgmental, we think everybody's doing the same thing to us. And so we only see our own flaws because we stare at ourselves in mirrors and whatever else every day, so we can only see the flaws. And when we only see the flaws, we think everybody else is seeing the flaws. When we can flip the script and actually like what we're looking at and enjoy hanging out with ourselves, you'll be amazed at how awesome other people actually are because they've been telling you how awesome you are for a long time. You just haven't been listening. I have noticed that. And I've actually talked about this on this podcast with different guests because for some reason, and you may have done this, you may still do it, people will say really wonderful things to me. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. And off I go. I've forgotten all about it 10 minutes later. I don't take it seriously. 
And that's yep. wrong. Yep. When people yep. take the time yep. to tell you that you helped them or they really loved you know, whatever it is that you are doing, sit with it. Sit with it. Sit with them. Tell them thank you. Bring it on board and add it to who you are instead of, you know, my hair looks like crap today. <laughs> I have terrorist <laughs> hair. I have very curly hair, and during, it's humid where I live. And if I'm some days, I look like Hagrid. I mean, I have to tie it up and staple it. I'm a huge Harry Potter Harry fan, Potter so that's fan. not a bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> I mean, I, the first time I saw Hagrid, I went, oh, my God, that's what I look like if I make the mistake of brushing my curls out. Oh, my. So it's terrorist hair. <laughs> Anymore, I don't care. I just tie it up and go about my business. But it took a long time to get past terrorist hair. How silly is that? But we do it. We do it to ourselves. Well, and and a great example is, so my wife and I, we have a farm here in Texas. And so we raise dwarf Nigerian goats and chickens and turkeys and a whole bunch of other livestock and stuff. And um, when we first bought this house, this farm, you know, she wanted a Victorian style house. I wanted land and we just happened to find both. And, you know, we fell in love with this place, but like with anything, if you're around it all the time, it doesn't always have that same magic of when you first got it. Right. So we, we had some friends come over and, you know, they were riding with us as we drove into the farm and like, Oh my God, your house is gorgeous. And almost instantly my wife and I both said, yeah, but we need a new paint job. You know, we need to get some things fixed on the house. And they both kind of looked at us like we were insane. And then as we drove back, they're like, oh, my God, your barn is is, is beautiful. I'm like, yeah, but I need to go fix the door on the back end. Um, that, I got a stall that's not working really right. I got to fix that. And they kept complimenting. And every time they were complimenting, we were downplaying what they were saying. And finally, my, my buddy looked at me and goes, dude, would you shut up? Literally every time I've said something about awesome about your farm, you have said the absolute opposite of it, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And it was just a, such a powerful moment to go, okay, they're serious. They love the look of our farm. We only see the flaws because we're staring at it all the time. They don't even see the flaws. And, and that is representative of life as a whole. People don't see your flaws. You see your flaws. You just think they see your flaws. Therefore, when they pay you a compliment, it's not how you see yourself through – it it's, can't be true because you see it every day. And that and that's, goes back to why you've got to champion everything you do and, and fall in love with yourself. And see, this makes so much sense. And again, it's part of that big old talk that I was having with myself yesterday. And this went on all day long, by the way. I just <laughs> dove into it. You know, I would, you know, go be, get busy, clean the refrigerator, or, you know, just go do something. But then I would go right back to it because apparently it was very, very important that I dig deep into who I am, what I do, how I'm going to do it, and quit just working. Because as entrepreneurs, we tend to just go get it done. We've got to get it done. We made promises to our clients or we've got a website to build or whatever it is. We're always doing something for other people, I've noticed. But we don't do a whole heck of a lot for ourselves, and that has to change. 
Well, one thing that I found very fascinating for me, and, and I learned this, I, I, I absolutely did not know this until I was building my business, is, you know, all those years working for other people, you work for the mindset, and I'll speak specifically for myself, all those years I worked for other people, I always worked to the limit of somebody else's desires, meaning, you know, they set my quotas from the sales side of things. They told me what to do from an operational side of things. You know, there was always, you know, done or said or told to somebody else's level. So when I launched my company, um, I did everything because as an employee, if it doesn't get done, you get fired. Somebody says, hey, do that. You can't just look at them and say, no, you go get it done or you get fired. Well, as I ran my business, I had in my head this employee thought process that I had to get it done because, you know, it's got to get done. And what I realized quickly building my business early on, I wasn't creating a company. I was creating a really crappy job for myself because I always had to get it done. So what I had to learn to do is understand that employees think in how do I get it done, CEOs think in who can get it. And once I started changing the script that I was telling myself and start saying who can do this, I started actually building systems and processes and started outsourcing, and the business started moving forward and growing because I wasn't sitting there in the muck of I've got to do it. And early on, like most people, I couldn't afford to outsource to other people to get all the work done. I mean, it gets expensive bringing in VAs and everything. So I had to get creative. I, I had to get other people to do things. So I started trading and bartering for service. I need a website built. Cool. Let me coach you in sales. And you build the website, I'll teach you how to sell. You know, um, I need somebody to ed edit my podcast. Cool, you edit my podcast. Uh, I will teach you how to do video stuff or whatever else. There's always some sort of trade or barter early on that you can do. And people oftentimes need what you have, and they have the skill set for whatever you need to have done. And what I found is the more I continue to think in who, the faster my business grew and then ultimately scaled because we had teams of people. Now we have employees and everything now, but, but we had teams of people that were helping us find success, geeking out on what they geeked out on, and I wasn't finding myself trying to learn software and programs and things that I had no business learning in the first place. Um, other people were doing what they love to do and helping me build a business. I love what you said about bartering. I did the same thing early on. I'm a web developer, and I, when I bought my house, I bought this house literally the week after Hurricane Katrina, so you can about imagine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just crazy time. If you didn't buy a house, you weren't going to get one because they were being snapped up sight unseen from Texas and New Orleans, and you know, companies were just coming in and buying everything they could so they could place their employees somewhere you know with a house and at that time and I had I, thank God I love my house because I didn't see it I was one of those that bought it sign unseen but I do <laughs> love it but the thing is I hate concrete I don't like concrete I think it's ugly I had this beautiful house beautiful yard ugly concrete so I went on a hunt for somebody who could do the concrete um 
now I can't remember what it is, but when they stain the concrete, yeah, oh, yeah, yep. and my garage, it's gorgeous. People will literally stop in front of my house if they see me say, who did that? It was a long time ago. They're out of business now, but these people were so happy to do some bartering and get a, a website and some social media that they showed up every day for you know, a couple of days and did a fantastic job. I don't have a lick of concrete front or back that has not been done. And it's beautiful. That's awesome. And find harder if you need to. You're going to make friends. Absolutely. And you know, that's how we've been able to build six companies was on the backbone of a lot of those early people who helped us out. And some of them we still work with. Now we pay them now. Um, But uh, they've just grown uh, along with us. It's it's been a lot of a lot a lot of fun. Donnie, tell us about Success Champion. You've got a number of businesses. You've got Success Champion Networking, Get Paid to Speak Masterminds, Champions Table, and I love this, the Badass Business Summit. Oh, good. I'm glad you said it first. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought about it when I was introducing you. No, I'm not going to say that. Oh, what the heck? (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) So um, the greatest thing any person building a company can do is create a community. So early on, we started actually with a Facebook group, and we created the Success Champions Facebook group, and we started – finding more and more people that looked at life the same way we did. And we called them the success champions. And now it's been shortened to the champions. So we started this whole community where you have just so many people who champion us and what we do. So every business we built is because the champions were looking for it, asking for it or requesting more information on it. So, um, all of our companies from everything we do is, is based off of that. So um, fastest growing division is company is success champion networking. And we set out to literally change how the world networks, you know, traditional networking is a whole bunch of people go sit in a room, do these boring 60 second commercials for 35, 40 minutes. And usually they have these crazy dumb jingles on the end. And then somebody gets up and does a 10 minute presentation that nobody cares about. And then there's a whole bunch of fabricated referrals and stuff on the back end. Well, we fixed all of that. Uh, we do virtual meetings. Um, we changed up the meeting. We have four different meeting styles. It's run more like a peer group and mastermind. And, you know, we are right now the fastest growing networking organization on the planet. Um, we've opened up over 50 chapters across the U.S. We're opening up in Canada. We're opening up in Ireland. We're in talks with Mexico and Scotland and London right now to be opening up more chapters. And it's, it's just we fixed everything that people hated about networking. Because of the networking groups, uh, we created the Badass Business Summit. They're like, hey, we want to do a huge event where we bring everybody together and we've got so much talent from speakers and everything. So this this year will be our third event here in Fort Worth, Texas, where we just bring some of the, the best and brightest minds uh, in from all of our networks and teach. And it's uh, I've been told that it's the best business uh, conference that people have ever been to. From there, we had people that, you know, asked us, you know, Donnie, with all your success in building businesses, could you teach us how to grow and scale our businesses? So we launched Champions Table, which is a mastermind where we 
bring together other business owners, entrepreneurs in a peer-like setting and run it as a mastermind function. And we teach them first how to grow their business and then ultimately how to scale their business. Then from there, we have events with an edge where we promote uh, edgier events and businesses out there. And then, you know, ultimately, we had a lot of people wanting to get on stages and stuff and uh, to speak as a professional career. So I partnered up with Stevie, Dr. Stevie Don Carter, and we launched uh, Paid to Speak, which is a mastermind where we teach people how to uh, utilize speaking as a business development tool and actually how to get paid through the process. So not only are you finding clients, but you're getting paid to age at the same time. Uh, it's been a wild ride. I wouldn't expect it to have this many companies going. You know, I always thought it was just going to be one, but as the champions kept asking for more, we kept building, and, and it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I bet. So, Donnie, let's go back to why you started. You you had a job job. We've all had yep. a job job. I, I will never have one. You don't want me in your office. I don't play well with others. I run with scissors. <laughs> and if you want coffee, you can get it your own damn self. I cannot be hired. I'm unhireable. <laughs> so, but me too, how me did too. I know? And I think that's fantastic. But how did you go from being part of a job, from being part of somebody else's journey, if you will, to saying I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to create something. Were you terrified? Did you know what you were doing? How did it how did it evolve? You know, I would love to say that I was that kid that had the lemonade stands and ran businesses all the way growing up, but I didn't even know you could open a business until I turned forty years old. Uh-huh. So, so you know, I, I the whole idea of being an entrepreneur, I mean I grew up grew up blue collar as they come. I mean, dad drove a an over the road semi, mom worked for Lee Jean's you know, blue jean factory on the sewing machine, you know. So, so the idea of ever creating your own company just wasn't something in our bloodline. And so when I started listening to guys like Gary Vee and Tim Ferriss and reading books by Jen Sincero, you know, the, this idea that you could start your own business kept popping up and popping up. But I had a great job. So my last career was working for an organization called Sandler Training, and supposedly I became one of the top sales trainers in the country. And I'm not even sure what that means, Denise, other than I must be pretty good at running my mouth in front of the room. And, uh, you know, so Fred Sandler as a whole is a franchise setup. So I'd work my way up to partner of my franchise because of how big I built the company. And I really thought Sandler training was going to be my retirement plan. That was going to be the gig that I was going to do forever. And so I told my business partner I'll eventually this, and he said, you know, let's go go out and have dinner. We'll talk about what that looks like. So we were in the midst of starting the conversation, multi-million dollar buyout, five-year stretch, that kind of thing, and where we're going to be. And during that dinner, he said something to me that forever changed my life, and I'm grateful for it. But what he said for me was, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan. Now, a lot of people, when I say that, they flinch, right? Oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. I just did. I just flinched. (laughs) (laughs) And and here's the thing. He said that out of love. He truly did. He was saying thank you for all the things I've done and built and and the like. And I immediately took it out of love 
because I loved working with the guy. He's still a great friend, still loving to death, and he's been an amazing mentor for me for, for years. It was just not the best choice of words. So after that dinner, I sat in my truck, looked in the rearview mirror, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You were literally somebody else's retirement plan. And then I looked over my entire life of everything I ever did, and I was always somebody's retirement plan. I never looked at life and said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to try. This is what I want to experience. I always had just taken what was right in front of me. I went to the Marine Corps because my brother went to the Marine Corps. I get every job I took is because somebody offered it to me, not because I went looking for it. And so 15 days later from that dinner, I walked away from everything and launched the company Success Champions. But it took a cataclysmic moment for me to get the courage to say either put my head down and keep doing what I'm doing and live a great life. Or I can stop dreaming about what could be, should be, could it ever be something more and get in the game. I chose to get in the game. What did your wife think? (laughs) I have to know. Um, uh, I didn't ask for permission. I begged for forgiveness. So my <laughs> wife found out that I was doing this on that 15th day. And she had no idea that I was walking away from the partnership. She had no idea that I was going to be launching a company. And I did not not tell her because I was scared she was going to tell me not to do it. I didn't tell her because I was afraid she was going to tell me it was the right move. That scared oh, me more than anything. Gotcha. So when I told her, instant tears because it was it was it was I literally dropped it on her, and then she looked at me. She goes, "Make it work." And I said, "I got it." And then six what months she later, say was make it work or die young. I'm guessing. Right, right. <laughs> uh, she was thinking, I'm sure, but but you know the unfortunate thing is. You know, six months later of trying to be – because within 24 hours of launching the company, your listeners should know this, I had attorneys show up on the farm with non-compete papers. So I could not, when I first launched the company, talk about sales, business development, sales training, sales management, the only thing I'd done for the last 20 years. So I started off as a success coach, and I have no idea to this day what a success coach is. But obviously, it was just a person who said yes to whatever business I could find. So six months of not being able to talk about sales and not knowing what my business was, I stood on the back porch of my farm and had to tell my wife that I wasn't holding up my end of of our agreement that I had to make this work and that we were about to lose the farm. Um, And that was one of the toughest moments of my life. You know, watching her look at me and realize she put all of her faith in me, and then I completely let her down. And then she said the phrase that let me know where I was screwing up that I couldn't see for myself. And she said, Donna, get off your butt and go sell something. Now, she said it in a lot larger, more colorful language than I won't use on your show. But it was exactly what I, I can hear to it hear. in my head. <laughs> <laughs> right? Good for her. 
Absolutely. I, I mean, I've got the greatest wife on the on the planet. We've celebrated 15 years, going on 16, you know. And what I realized is up until that point, Denise, I, you know, had spent all my time being an employee of others. And I never saw the CEOs of the companies. You know, the CEOs were always behind the scenes. And only time I would see a CEO is if I had a huge client coming through or there was a merger and acquisition fixing to happen. And in the, in the, because I was always the number one or two sales, top one or two sales guy, they, they, they would always come get me during the M&A type thing. So I want to make sure my book of business was coming along for the ride. But I never saw the CEOs, and as I was building out my company, I was doing what I thought CEOs did, which was be behind the company. So I was doing operational things. I was building processes you know, and, and systems and, and doing those type of things. I wasn't doing what a solopreneur business owner should be doing, which is actually going out and selling stuff. Now, it also hurt that I didn't know exactly what I was selling because I had to you know, figure and stumble through a lot of this stuff. But what I realized once I started selling was that that's how I was going to learn to run a business. And I just so happened to stumble into podcasting and launched a show that took off and at one point was number 22 in the world out of all podcasts. That And then later that year, my non-compete came up, and so I was able to now talk about sales, business development, and everything that I knew, and that's how I've been able to build the Success Champions family of companies now. So what was um, – I'm digging into your, your past a little bit here, please, but please. when your wife said, go sell something, what is one of the first things that you did? I mean, the podcast, yes, but what did you sell? How did, how did you go find yep, yep. something to sell and who to sell it to? Because this is a fascinating story, and I know our audience is going – Oh, the, oh, 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 <laughs> they're, they're going up and down <laughs> with my stomach because <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I've done exactly what you're talking about. I built the systems. I built the processes. I did it all myself. I finally figured out that I needed to hire people who were better than I was yep. in yep. some areas. And that's tough when you're me. You know, nobody wants to know <laughs> that. And, you know, I mean, what did you do? What were your first steps after, you know, your wife said, go do what you do? Yeah, so the first thing I had to look at was looking at my business is what had I sold so far? So up to that point, I had sold uh, some marketing services, some video editing services, some uh, mindset consulting and coaching type things. And it was this hot mess of stuff that I was selling. What I did is I looked at all of those things and said, okay, how can I package all that stuff up into one thing? So the first thing that I really started selling was this content creation stuff, which is so funny for me to say now because we don't do any of this anymore. But I, I would I sold packages between five hundred and five grand, depending on the package where I would interview somebody, whether it was on the Success Champions podcast or it was a one-off, just a Zoom call. I then put a team together, and from that interview, we would create transcripts and blog posts and social graphics and micro videos. So basically by the time 
we were done with everything, we would provide somebody a month's worth of social content based off a one-hour conversation because we had just learned how to repurpose all the stuff because I'd been doing it myself for a long time. And that was the first thing that really started selling that a lot of people started coming toward because people just could not figure out social content, and I had a team in place. So, so that became the first thing I did. So I would challenge your listeners that if they're struggling to build their business is look at everything you're trying to sell and see if you can package it all up into one thing. And what helped tremendously is we weren't selling them as a one-off projects. I started selling three-month, six-month, one-year projects so that every month we would record another video. And eventually I got other people to do the videos and we were able to grow it. Um, But that bought me time because I always knew that I was going to get back to the sales thing and that was going to be what we were going to focus on. But by packaging that up, that's what allowed us to sustain long enough until the non-compete came up. And see, that makes perfect sense. I mean, listen, people like you, people like me, we have a lot of things that we can do. We're good at a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Do we need to do all of those things? No. We really don't, and it takes time to figure out what we should be doing, what we should have a team do or employees doing, and where we need to be very, very creative. And listen, I, you know, I'm a web developer. I build sites in my sleep, literally. I had a dream one time. You're going to think I'm a lunatic, but I remember this was before WordPress, which, by the way, when WordPress came along, I knew there was a God, no question. But I used to build websites in HTML. And I remember, you know that moment when you're about to wake up and you, you, you know, you're in your dream. You know mm-hmm. that you're about to wake up. I was building in HTML. I was building a diagram. And I kept padding. You know, I put this box and I cut it in half, but I kept padding one side of it. And I couldn't figure out why it was so wonky. I was about to fall out of bed. I was about to roll over and bang my head. <laughs> on the table next to me and my HTML was patting me. So, you know, we are very creative people. I think what happens, and this is just my life experience, when you're working for other people, whether it's as a contractor, whether it's a VA, which by the way, my company no longer does, you you tend to work within their paradigms, their parameters, and you forget how creative you are. And creativity is really all we've got in some ways. For sure, and so well said. And, I, and, I, and to your point, and I think we've both you know, demonstrated it well, is early on in your business, you just got to be creative. You, know, you do. And you, you got to get scrappy because those first couple years, maybe up to your first four years of business, there's a lot of things that happen. I mean – and you probably agree with this, Denise, but, but the one thing nobody tells you building your business is you're going to meet yourself along the way. Oh, because yeah. you, And you're going to say bad words to yourself, by the way, so just oh, be yeah, prepared. Oh, yeah, tremendously. You know, because, I mean, here's, here's the, 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 the crux of it all for, for me is, and we were talking about a little bit earlier, once I ran out of excuses, because as a sales guy for other people, man, I could blame the economy, I could blame competition, I could blame bad marketing, 
You know, there was all these excuses I could use. But when you're running your own company, there's nobody left to blame. I mean, it's all on you, and and you have to figure it out because nobody else can do it uh, until you build your team eventually, right? So you know, when you get to that place where there's no excuses left, ownership happens, and that's the moment I think everybody who's run a successful business gets to that that they went, okay, this is actually who I am. This is what I'm made of. Now let's go do something with that. And I think that's where success, the foundation comes from, because the people who actually find success, however you define it, the people who actually find success of some sort are the people who are just too dumb to throw in the towel. Because most logic says where most of us got our business to, we should have thrown in the towel and quit and went and got a job or whatever else. But we found that thing that we kept pushing forward and eventually started applying the lessons we have learned in the moments of failure, and we compound and doubled down on those things, and, and we continued to, to find small ounces of success. And those small ounces of success could be, oh, my God. Somebody listened to my podcast. Oh, my God, somebody liked my post. Or, oh, my God, they answered the phone. You know, little, little, tiny, tiny, microscopic successes eventually start adding up, and we start figuring out how do we get more of those microscopic wins, and those are what ultimately help us to discover more about ourselves and build our empires. Oh, absolutely. And one thing you'll learn as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, you've got to have a cast iron stomach. You cannot get your feelings hurt easily. You do need to listen, and you're going to throw up a lot. I'm just going to tell you. Right <laughs> or sit in the corner, you know, sucking your thumb and keening back and forth as you rock. <laughs> you're going to have those times. But honestly, what you're saying is know your worth and then match your worth up to those those micro not you know micro not expressions what am i trying to say but whatever it was wins. that you were just saying wins 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 but you know here's the thing you can't just walk away and ignore those things like somebody likes your podcast i'll be honest with you i've been doing this for 13 years and I do, as you know, I do pre-interviews to see, you know, what we want to talk about. Are we going to get along for an hour? And I'm, after 13 years, I'm always a bit shocked when somebody says, oh, I've been listening to your podcast. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm shocked because it's very popular, but that's a win for me. I'm like, oh, ooh, good. I'm going to go do it again now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, listeners, the greatest thing you can do for Denise is to tell somebody else to listen to her show and then Thank send you. her a message, send her an email, you know, something that says, hey, I just told my, my coworker to listen to your show. I just told my friend to listen to your show because this medium, this, this, this way of communicating with the world, we don't get a lot of feedback. You know, so unless somebody reaches out and sends us a message or, you know, somebody connects with us somewhere, we, we, you don't often see the, those micro wins from this kind of stuff. So, so it, it would mean the world to her if you shared this out with one person and said, hey, you need to, you know, tune into her show. And, you know, 
for for me, the other kind of entrepreneur side of things that people need to realize is entrepreneurs are a very rare breed of individual. And I'm willing to bet that most of us aren't sane because no other place in the world are, are people – I mean, think about it. Every day we get up knowing that somehow today we're going to get punched in the face by life. Something's going to break. Something's going to go wrong, and something's going to screw up. Now, there's going to be some amazing, awesome things that happen also as we go about building our day. But there's going to be some really tough choices and things we have to do every day. And we wake up every day knowing we're going to get punched in the face and go, yes, let's do this again. That's not sane. I mean, no, no sane person would ever do this, and that to me is what ultimately makes it fun and beautiful. That's, that's, that's what sets entrepreneurs apart from everybody else is they're willing to take the hits and keep moving forward. I love that. And see, I thought I started doing what I do because I'm an introvert. I'm only good around people for, and I've timed it, 59 and three-quarter minutes. After that, I have to go. So you just just shot my whole theory right in the foot, but I like yours better. Oh, well, we just got to work on your people skills. I mean, imagine you could only talk to me for 59 minutes. I mean, uh, I feel like I could talk to you for the next couple of weeks. Jeez. And, you know, I'm not shy, and I'm fine around other people. It's just when I'm tired, I got to go. So literally, and and people who know me, and a friend of mine said this, and I've never forgotten it, said, look, Denise is going to wear out quickly, so keep an eye on her because she's going to have her key in her hands, and all you're going to see is ass and elbows as she leaves, and I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) What a great description because I've I've been known to just disappear. (laughs) i got to go. But I'm not shy, and I don't have any filters. I guess you figured that out. Right. Right. Now, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I, I love my introverts um, because I'm not, but I'm becoming more introverted uh, as I continue to build the companies You know, because I can do everything from the farm. I don't have to go anywhere, which is really, really, really nice you know, place to be. And what I continue to learn about the introverts is it's not that they don't like people. They just need more time to recharge their batteries. It's a lot more work for them to go out and interact and meet with people. So I will honestly say that it's made my marriage a lot stronger learning more about the introversion side of things. My wife's an introvert. Understanding the recharge side of it has allowed us to have a lot more fun in understanding where she's at in the moment. Um, if we've gone out and done a big gala or event or something, uh, knowing that at some point I've got to get her out of there so she can recharge the battery. So. Uh, keep being introverts are a good thing. It's important. I mean, we're not being rude. We just, we wear out physically, mentally. We wear, it's it's almost like you can watch the battery drain on your phone. It's bad. It right. can get really ugly. So I've learned when I need to get going, and it's 59 and three-quarter minutes. I don't make it to 60. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. So listen, one of the things that you said in our We've only got about four minutes. This has been a fascinating hour. You said to me during our pre-interview, when you know your worth, your network will match it. Expand on that a bit for us. Yeah, so 
Jim Rohn originally came out with the the idea that you are the average of your five closest friends. So if you take your five closest friends and put them together, they're probably making the same money as you are. They probably are living in the same size house, driving the same style car. You know, you're kind of just an average of the people you stick around with because people play it safe in life. But if you can get to a point to where you – Know who you truly are and actually fall in love with yourself like the person that stares back at you in the mirror. What you're going to find is your circles are going to evolve because what Jim Rohn didn't say in his circle of five is that five moves based on what you're doing. So it's your five friends. But it's also your five clients. It's your five prospects you're going after. It's your five networking people. And if you're always the average of the people in the room, then you're not going to challenge and find life more. But it takes some guts and courage to go find yourself in bigger circles. So the way to do that is you actually understand that you're a good person. You deserve really good and amazing things. And when you can get there, your circle is going to evolve as you continue to evolve because I think the magic of life is actually liking yourself and you know, liking that person in the mirror. And when you know your worth, when you know how powerful you are as an individual, life shows up to meet you on the grow. And it becomes a magically wonderful place. And you'll watch as you find more success in life, however you define success, your, your people will rise with you. Some people will stay at their level. That's okay. That's their level. But your network as a whole will match exactly how you see yourself. It will be a, an exact replica of where you show up and how you think you should show up in life. So if you want to grow your network and be in bigger, more wonderful places, it all starts with knowing how much you're worth to yourself. Again, were you listening when I was having this out loud chat with myself yesterday? <laughs> because I used the words magic. I used Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy. And I, well, well, that's probably why I'm raspy today. I was yelling at myself all day long. <laughs> I was. Listen, this has been fascinating, and I thank you so much for being here on the show. Do you have anything else that you want? Our, we've got one minute left. Do you have anything else that you want our audience to know? Not just a gift to your listeners. If they text the word success to 817-318-6030, I'll send them a whole bunch of free stuff. Uh, all kinds of things and access and how to find me on the web and everything. But really guys chase after life. We only get one shot on this rock, make it yours, live on your terms, live your life. And, and man, I haven't said it enough. Go look in the mirror and like the person that's looking back at you. I love this. This has been one of the best conversations and thank you so much. So, Repeat that text one more time and tell people where they can find you. Yep. So if they text the word success to 817-318-6030, it'll send them all the links to all my social platforms, some free gifts, some books, all kinds of fun stuff. So success to 817-318-6030, and that will get you connected to wherever I am. 
Perfect. We've got 10 seconds. Thank you so much. It has been wonderful speaking with you. I'm in shock how quickly this has gone. I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice and the wonderful stories that you've shared with our audience. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes and anywhere else you consume your business podcasts. Honestly, you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. Just look for us and take us along on your success journey. Donnie, thank you. My honor. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 